It's time for JT the Brick. I am JT the Brick, focused black hole, getting in there, ready to rock. I got my A game. I've been there with the Raider Nation in the black hole. I've been in this rivalry. I've seen it in my 24 years here. It's a do or die game. Can't let them win in Vegas. Protect the house. Protect the Legion Stadium. Be ready to go. No half-ass effort. You don't need a PhD. You don't need some expert on CNN or Fox News teaching you about fandom. I just told you. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll right now, so let me go. Hey, JT. Yes. I love you, and I love your show. Thank you. That's what the Raiders are based on. Al Davis, the history of the Raiders. They were always banged up. They were always taped up. They had blood coming through their helmets, and they played. The 11 angry men. I'm not encouraging injuries. I'm encouraging violence. So that's where we are. Raider Nation. Simply put, man up and play football and win a game. And now, that's a hell of a motivational speech. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a beautiful day here in Vegas. So much happening. Hope you're doing well as we begin on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. There is so much to talk about today. Today is actually an historic day. Historic day in this town as the Vegas Golden Knights are playing for the number one seed overall in the Western Conference. The number one seed. We're not talking about getting to the playoffs. We're talking about being the top seed overall. That is massive. And that's important because it's a sports town. It's a professional sports town now. And that's a pretty big storyline. So I think what we should do, and I hope you do it more on this show, but if not, do it on our sister stations, is really act like a hockey town and get behind this Go balls out, go puck out, and go crazy. Go crazy and have fun tonight. Tonight is one of those great nights that it should be a a day off for you. I don't know what time you work. I appreciate you listening to me over lunchtime if it is for you, or whatever it is if you listen on demand. But tonight's the night. If you're a hockey fan in this town, hockey fan, get out of your house and go to a game. And you can go to the brand-new PT's Gold on Desert Inn and Durango. They just opened up. It's a great location with a VGK-themed viewing area, 136-inch screen, just in time for the playoffs. The location also has two pool tables, golden tea, and it should be rabid. All of the PTs in town, everything with Golden Entertainment, what they're involved with from the Strat, Arizona Charlies, they are heavy invested and a proud partner of the Vegas Golden Knights, and they're our partner. And we love the Golden Knights. we got a guest coming up today. So that's what I would do. The weather's great. The sun doesn't set till what time around here, Bobby? Like 6.30, 7, yeah, whatever. You get in there early and you watch a game. Edmonton is playing. So if Edmonton wins and Vegas loses, Vegas loses the one seed. The cover of the Las Vegas Review-Journal, plenty to play for. Knights need a point in finale to wrap up the division number one seed. So this is important here. Imagine this in baseball if you're in New York or Boston, Yankees and the Red Sox. Imagine if you're baseball, you're a fan of the Giants and the Dodgers, and the last game of the year came for home field advantage in the postseason. That's what this is all about. It's really important for our economy here, our bars, our businesses, our casinos, our tourism, our hotel. So really big night tonight. You can tell I'm fired up about it. I'm excited about it. And I'm excited, too, because Bobby's smiling because I'm going to the Aviators game tonight with the cruise. $2 beer night. We had Jim Jemmer on last night to confirm it was $2 beer night. One of my buddies says to me, isn't it great you go up with a five? You get two dripping cold cans of beer. You tip a dollar. I go, you can't tip a dollar. You got to tip $2. They're out there sweating, giving you $2 beers. Let's go. So that's tonight. So I'm going to go to the home ballpark tonight and have a good time there. Wife's heading out of town this weekend. It's her last Mother's Weekend at Oklahoma before my son graduates in May. 
So she's going out there, and I'm going to watch sports all weekend. I'm, I'm locked into sports all weekend, especially hockey, as we open up the show. Every day, Bobby is delivered, and we've gotten you a draft analyst to come on the show. We're really excited about that. Ryan Wilson from CBS Sports will join us at some point when we fit him in. Uh, the Newsmen. Chris Matthews will join us from 8 News Now. Chris is everywhere, and Chris will have an update for us here as we get going. And it's happy mock draft season, as you all know. If you have a mock draft, let's hear what you got. As I said, this week is different than next week. This week we're just looking for the Raider position group that you think they need to concentrate on. I'd like that again today. It's a very generic topic because I don't want to go too early and deep dive that we're going to do the week of the draft. When I anchor it with Eric Allen and Lincoln Kennedy, that week we're going to do a deep dive on the specific players in the first two rounds. Like, who do we really think is going to be available? And we're going to try to guess right and see who are going to be the first two Raiders to come off the board, which I'm fired up because all these mock drafts are crazy. All these mock drafts. You've got some big people who've been doing this a long, long time, and they're greatly divided by the quarterbacks. I'm starting to see a lot of these mock drafts shaping up to be quarterback, 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 and then the draft starts on defense. And that's good news for the Raiders. Take all the quarterbacks early unless the Raiders want one badly. They trade up to get them. But if four quarterbacks are taken in the first four picks, that means that Arizona trades out a number three for someone who wants a quarterback, and that could be the Raiders. Then if it's not the Raiders, the defensive draft will start with defensive players. The number one defensive pick will start at number five. Let that sink in. The first pick in the draft, just say you're like me and you want to go all defense. Oh, a reminder. I want to go all defense. 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 I want to go all defense. You get an offensive guy in there, great. I want to go all defense. Imagine if the draft starts out at number five, which on defense is the first defensive pick in the draft. If Seattle takes Jalen Carter, who came for a visit for the Raiders there, then the Raiders are two up. Then the Raiders are going to go seventh. And all they got to do is worry about that sixth pick. If that happens and it turns out that the quarterbacks go one through four, then the Raiders are guaranteed to get Witherspoon or Gonzalez to cornerback of their choice. Maybe maybe Witherspoon will go six. The Raiders will lose out on him. I don't know what's going to happen there, but the Raiders could get the corner or the defensive tackle or the elite edge rusher if they want to add to that position there. You know, I would rather add an edge rusher to go along with Max and Chandler Jones And if we all want to look in the mirror here, and maybe that edge rusher starts with Max and Chandler moves, not so much inside, because Chandler can play inside. He's a very gifted athlete. But Chandler's not going to play every snap anymore. He's just getting up there in age. And if you get a young kid out there who's got more of a pop and more explosive than Chandler Jones, and you want him to be the bookend to Mad Max Crosby, let's do that. A lot of Raider fans want to find the bookend tackle on offense from Colt Miller. I would agree with that, too. That's a big pick. But I don't think the Raiders should be doing that in the first round. Unless they trade back and they get multiple picks there. So, again, what does the position need for you? From talking to a lot of Raider fans on the radio and off, most Raider fans want to go all defense. And there's a number of them that want to grab the quarterback now. But if you have that fan that wants to quarterback now, then that quarterback, uh, that pick seems to be, and that person seems to be more patient than you. Because you in the Raider Nation are no longer patient. You don't have to be. But now you're at wit's end. Everything we talk about, there's a negativity factor mixed in like I've never seen before. And I've been doing this longer than anybody on the radio. There's a level of energy that is negative about what they're going to do before they do it. 
Now, if they do something and it fails, then you can be all, all negative as much as you want. Why, why wouldn't you be? You have to be. But before they do something, we've been trying over the last month to get a little bit of positivity, a dose of positivity into some people saying, you know, I'm kind of pissed off. We only won six games. I don't like this or that. But I think we could really turn it around in the draft. That's what I'm hoping happens over the week, week and a half, that we can get some of those fans to cut through the noise and come on in and say, you know, JT, you've been there. You've been getting beaten and battered from all these fans that are pissed off. And I'm going to give you a call about something that could happen that could be positive here. And if not the case, I'll take your negative calls at 702-365-9200. But I always know this time of year from knowing Mark Davis as well as I do, he's always optimistic coming into the draft. Everybody's undefeated in the league. And Mark wants to get this franchise turned around when it comes to a win-loss perspective. And the only way it's going to happen is with the draft. We've all seen over the last couple of weeks and months that the Raiders are investing in the draft more so than free agency. And they told you that. And they're living up to that. They told you that the draft is priority one, free agency is two, and how about this, number three, retaining a few players. They retained a few players, but most of the players from the Mayock era and the draft are all gone or close to be gone because they want different players. They want different players to fit their system. All, co- all the coaches around the league have different systems. Not many are close to the Patriots, and the problem is a lot of the Patriot assistant coaches have gone on to other teams and failed. Some of their GMs have gone to other teams and failed. So what's happening now is we're looking at these two gentlemen who came over from New England and said, we have no room for failure. We don't. We don't have any room for failure. That's why you got the job. If the Raiders were winning, uh, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler wouldn't be here because they wouldn't have had to hire a new coach and a GM. That's Captain Obvious stuff. Now these guys are going to come in, and their job is to flip it. Their job is to flip this thing quickly. But they have more patience than you think because they don't want to hear the noise in the background and say, okay, we got to jump ahead because a couple of fans are pissed off. Their job is not to hear that noise. They listen. Uh, Their job is to say, hey, even with some of the noise behind us and the hurricane winds, we're going to make our just decisions and good decisions going up. And I think they're going to do that. I think that's the strength of Dave Ziegler. I hope it is. I'm led to believe it is from talking to him and getting to know him. This is his wheelhouse, and he's got to find a way to nail it. And he should be able to nail it because he has high picks. In the first, second, third round, that's all you want. And then you never want to have those picks again. You want to go back to the 20s because your team is winning a lot. So that's where we stand. There's a lot of draft buzz, but not as much as we're going to have here over the next week or so leading into the draft. So it's a good time for you to get in here and comment on what the Raiders need to do. And is there a player you're getting to know on either side of the ball that you really think would be a good fit here? 702-365-9200. I carved out some time next hour to talk about Zion Williamson. So I'm going to dive into it a little bit more passionately in hour number two. But it was just disgraceful last night to see that young man on the bench and not play. It was, it was Mount Rushmore level disgraceful that he wasn't able to participate in the game. Because before the game started, he was in warm-ups and he was doing spin moves and tomahawk dunking to the wow of the crowd and then he went into the locker room, took a shower, took, put on his street clothes, and sat on the bench. So we go back to the comment Zion said about feeling like Zion. This is one of the biggest holes I've ever seen an athlete dig. Ever. I'm talking ever all time when he said this. Physically, I'm fine. Now it's just a matter of uh, when I feel like Zion. Um, you know, I, I know the atmosphere I'd be in uh, based off like the playoff experience. Uh, so now it's just a matter of when I feel like Zion. 
So that, that is a soundbite heard around the world. And the problem is not enough national media is talking about it. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm one of the few guys who are talking about this because I think it's a great topic for everybody to be included on. You don't have to be a Pelicans fan or a Zion fan, but the topic becomes when are you eligible to play? When are you coming off injured reserve? When are you healthy enough to play and give an effort, or should you just shut it down? It's a huge topic in all sports. Going back to Darren Waller, his availability, to Zion, to any player in any sport. And I want to talk about that. I think I gave the best example I did on my national show last night. I think a lot of Raider fans remember this, when Brett Favre played at the Coliseum after his dad died. That is one of the biggest memories I've ever had at the Oak Coliseum for a couple of reasons. First off, my mentor, who I wrote my book about, Andrew Ashwood, he was with me, my boss at the time at Fox, and we got field passes and another one of my buddies, and we went down on the field for warm-ups. And we were down on the field for warm-ups, and it was Monday night football, and the whole world was abuzz. John Madden was on the call, and the Coliseum was electric, and everyone in professional sports knew that Brett Favre's dad just died. Brett Favre should not have been at that game. He should have been by the side of his dad, who was deceased, along with his mom. He should have been there for his family. But he was such a warrior, he flew out with the team to Oakland to play, and no one knew, even heading into the game, if he was going to be able to play in that game. He came out in the tunnel, and the black hole, who I'm proud to be a part of, uh, gave him a standing ovation. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And the whole crowd roared during the anthem. And they showed his wife, Deanna, on the big screen. And fans were clapping for her. They knew what she was going through as the wife of Brett Favre. Then Brett Favre came out and had one of the greatest games I've ever seen at the Coliseum. Four touchdowns. They were all daisy-cutter bombs off his back foot. And Favre, after the game, the crowd, the media surrounded him. His wife was on the field. I was there on the field, on the field, five feet away from him. And fans were giving him a standing ovation. And these are Raider fans losing a game. But they understood the magnitude of that. That's the best example that I can give you, which is opposite of what Zion did last night. Zion warmed up. He played to the crowd, and then he didn't play. His teammates needed him. Brett Favre played in a game that I'll never forget the remainder of my life and gave everything he had on a night where most men or women in sports wouldn't have had the ability to do it. That's the top of the experience, and this was the lowest of the experience that I could talk about. Uh, That's the monologue. So now we look to hear from you at 702-365-9200 on Raiders Radio. We have a mock draft guest going to come up in Ryan Wilson. We'll talk to him. Chris Matthews will jump in next hour. The NBA playoffs are underway if you want to talk about the play-in games. Pretty exciting to see Oklahoma City won last night. Uh, What happened? Toronto lost to Chicago. That was wild. Chicago came back and beat Toronto, and Toronto was ahead most of the game. i got to give the Bulls a lot of credit late in that game in the fourth quarter. Siakam front court. Kicks it to Van Vliet. Fred, three in the air, no good. Rebound Siakam, puts it up, no good, and that's the ball game. The Chicago Bulls come back from 19 down in the second half, and they end the season of the Toronto Raptors with a victory at Scotiabank Arena. DeMar returns home and gets a win. It's on to Miami for the Bulls. It's a final in the 9-10 play-in game. Chicago 109, Toronto 105. It's Raptors radio on the call, and they were down 19 in the game. 19 points to come back, showing again that the playoffs are different than the regular season. In the regular season, people, they're down 19. The games don't matter. They don't play hard. 
in the playoffs, everybody treats every possession like it's the last one. So the quality of play definitely increases in a big way. Uh, let's w- get ready for the first first Golden Knights call to come in today, please. They're playing for the division and the conference tonight. So we'd got, like to hear from some Golden Knight fans that have a pulse today that are driving around this community or maybe outside the community. That's a priority for us, plus the Raiders and the mock drafts. What are the mock drafts teaching us about potentially where the Raiders can go? Well, there's a lot of mock drafts I have in front of me. I'll tell you a few when we come back as we continue on. The monologue brought to you by the DeCastaverde Law Group. If you get in a car accident, Alex DeCastaverde and his brother Orlando will see you through it all. With an unbelievable team, their family, they will do whatever it takes to help you and put you in a better position to win your case. 702-222-9999 is the number as we begin on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Well, you know, as time goes by, it's more so basically now when you get to late April, what he did on the field, he was the best player in college football when he was healthy. Uh, a dominant interior presence, which is what teams need, particularly Seattle. Stopping the run was a huge issue. They were gashed and destroyed against the run last year. They had no run defense whatsoever. So if you're Seattle picking at five and you get the number one player who fills a key positional need area for you, then you could understand why that's the, the projection there. Uh, in terms of, of where we are right now, every team has to, to, to work through that and figure out, you know, the locker room. Do we have a strong locker room? Do we have you know, a Jalen Carter look into and do all your due diligence there? And every team's going to have a different opinion based on everything that's, that's transpired. But uh, I certainly think he goes in the top five to seven, eight. Um, I just felt like Seattle with the quarterback Richardson gone uh, a little earlier at three, that that was a guy that, like you said, their defense was so bad against the run. And this guy is a potentially a dominant player. All right, that's Mel Kuyper Jr. This is a big topic today. JT, back with you. We added uh, Gary Lawless to the show. How good of a guest is that? He is up in Seattle for the Golden Knights. Chris Matthews, also Ryan Wilson from CBS with his mock draft. This is a good day. I kind of screwed that up. I should have opened the show with this as Bobby and I came back from break. Uh, Jalen Carter, the defensive lineman from Georgia, is in the building. And Vinny wrote the column today, Raiders to put Carter to the test, the Georgia star being brought in for scrutiny. So that's a really good topic, I think, for today. Would you do this deal or not? And Raider Nation, this is it. He's here. He's in Vegas. I always go back to the famous sports talk radio story, which is true. Uh, The biggest sports talk show ever. No debate is Mike and the Mad Dog in New York on WFAN, local or syndicated. Most successful, most money of all time. There's been other successful radio hosts, but not at that level. And when they were close to bringing in, the word got out in New York that Mike Piazza was available. Everybody called their show on WFAN two days leading up to this, and the phones were flooded. And everybody said, get Piazza, get Piazza, get Piazza. And Steve Phillips, who was the GM of the team at the time, didn't seem to have interest in it. But the owner of the Mets at that time, Will Pond, said he was listening to the show. And he started the process, and he admitted that to Mike and the Mad Dog. I work on the Mad Dog station now at night on Sirius XM, and this is a true story. So I like to pretend that that matters something. Jalen Carter's in Vegas. He's a guy that's got some question marks. He can change the Raiders forever. He's that good. So you got to come through and go, okay, this kid, I don't know anything about him. Remember, you don't know him. 
You've never met him. All you're hearing is secondhand. And I said this also. Henry Ruggs was one of the nicest guys I've ever met, ever. And everybody loved him. I mean, loved him. Did no wrong. Did no wrong until the worst experience in this city and what happened with the accident. All on him, under the influence, all on him. And his life was over. Okay? This kid was involved in an accident. He wasn't driving the car in the vehicle where two people lost their lives, but he was involved in something really significant that changed the lives and families of many. So you got to figure out if you'd want this guy anchoring your defensive line. Okay? So there's nothing to do with women. There's no physical or sexual assault. And we know what Mark Davis thinks of that when it comes to domestic abuse and all that. No chance. And this becomes a young guy who's a young guy, and young guys make a lot of mistakes. Most guys make their mistakes as their brains are developing between 17 and 24, 25 years old. But is he too big of a risk for this regime to take? I don't think so if he just jumps off the tape and they're meeting with him today and they sit him down for four, five, six, seven hours, and they put him through the grind, and they come out of it and say, you know, this is a good kid. This is a guy we can fix. And then you go take him. But he might not be there at number seven. So the Raiders are doing their due diligence on Jalen Carter. I go back to Daryl Russell. Uh, Daryl Russell lost his life way too early. He made bad decisions, too. He was the most dominant defensive tackle the Raiders brought in. He went to -to back-to-back Pro Bowls. That's hard to do when you're a rookie. Very hard to do. He went to -to back-to-back Pro Bowls. He's a hell of a player. And he wasn't there very long. I'm not a big believer in all this. I'm pro-Vegas. I've been in Miami a bunch. I'm from New York, as you know. So people say, if you get in trouble, you're going to get in worse trouble in Vegas. No, not really. But then if you add up some of the issues that we've seen here in this town recently, Alvin Kamara, Henry Ruggs III, then some people can speculate and say, if anybody has a red flag at all, why bring him to Vegas? I'd say, well, why bring him to Miami? Why bring him to New York? Not everybody can play and live in Appleton, Wisconsin and play for the Packers where there's nothing to do other than to go to the grocery store. This is Vegas. So is Jalen Carter a good fit for you? And if it turns out, here's the question to Raider Nation. If it's obvious that he's the best player available, do you take him or just go, nope, just wipe our hands from him, move on. There's another good player. I'd take Christian Gonzalez. But at number seven, if Christian Gonzalez is available and Jalen Carter, who I thought was going to go number one at one point or number three, the latest, and he's available at seven, and Dave Ziegler can come on with me on the mic and tell me why he's such a good kid, I'm good with that because it's their job to do it. We'll scrutinize the pick, and it usually takes a year or two to scrutinize that player. I'm not going to scrutinize him the first day. If he's a Raider, I'm going to welcome him to the Raider Nation. But is there risk here? Definitely risk. Would you take Jalen Carter, here's the asterisk, only if he dropped to seven? Because Mel Kuyper Jr. just said, and he knows more than I do on the draft, that the four quarterbacks, he has Anthony Richardson going third. Or excuse me, they're, they're going to trade into three to get him. And Indianapolis is going to take Richardson most likely at four. So the Raiders can hit the lottery on defense. They really are. They're holding a lottery ticket. If everybody is nuts enough to jump in and decide to go quarterback, 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 one through four, as I said in the monologue, then the Raiders are three picks away. And I think there are five to six defensive players in the draft that are all home runs, two corners, Uh, two defensive tackles, and an edge rusher. Not a linebacker. I don't see a linebacker out there worthy of doing this. So, man, if we sit there on draft night, okay, if we sit there on draft night and the first four players who are taken are quarterbacks, one of two things are going to happen. 
the Raiders traded up to get one of those quarterbacks. That's real. That's real that the Raiders could have traded up to number three. Indy's not going to trade with the Raiders. They're at four. So the Raiders would have to only trade up with most likely Arizona to get Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. That could happen. I put that at about 10 to 12%. Then we get to 60 70% of the quarterbacks being gone and the Raiders having to go in their war room. Okay, as Ziggler's up there with the suit on and the cameras on him, smiling, we got our guy. He knows he's got his guy then. He knows because he's got the third pick in the draft on defense, and he's got five guys ready to come to Las Vegas. He's got his guy. The question is, who's his priority? Will it be Jalen Carter? Will it be Devin Witherspoon? Will it be Christian Gonzalez? Who would that player be? And at that point, I think the Raiders win. I think they win. And they could win by trading up for a quarterback. Uh, the only problem there is you got to park the quarterback by behind Jimmy G., and that's going to be I, – I don't know how that works. I'm all, Jimmy G's here. Jimmy G's going to get a good go at this. 702-365-9200 as we continue. All right, we got Ryan Wilson who joins us from CBS. My buddy, one of my best friends, who runs CBS HQ in Los Angeles, referred me to Ryan, one of their mock draft experts. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us on the Raiders' flagship. Happy happy mock draft season. How are you? Uh, I'm hanging in there. Down the home stretch here. I, I feel like I say it all the time. I'm like I've been 48 straight hours in, in a casino, and it, you can't see the windows. You don't know what time it is. They're pumping oxygen in there to keep you, keep you standing up and walking around. But I, I'm finding my way to the door slowly but surely. The end is near, JT. Well, I'm in Vegas, so it's the perfect scenario for you. And i got to start off, I'm asking every guest I talk to, uh, every one of them, where you stand on the first four quarterbacks. Do you have them going one through four, or will they go before seven? What do you think about the quarterbacks? Who's the reach quarterback, and who's the lock quarterback for you? The lock for me is Bryce Young, and the size, obviously, historically small, and that's the thing that NFL teams are grappling with. I've heard that CJ is going to be the guy for the Carolina Panthers. We'll see if that that bears out. Uh, I think it's just a fit for what Frank Reich historically ha- has had at his quarterback, and that starts with the size. I have Bryce 1 and CJ 1A. They're, they're pretty close, but I think Bryce had to do a lot at Alabama without the weapons that even Tua and, and Mac Jones had before him, never mind the weapons that, that CJ had and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and Marvin Harrison II. And he did it consistently off-platform. He did it consistently. He's the best inside-the-pocket quarterback in terms of making little deft moves to, to avoid pass rushers and, and I think that's what makes him special but again if you're hung up on the 510 size you're, you're not going to take him and, and I think that's why CJ is going to go first the Texans I know love Bryce and I think he goes two that's an easy one and then things get very interesting because uh, are you going to sell the farm for Anthony Richardson who has 13 career starts and completed barely 50 percent of his passes in college or Will Levis who has a ton of starts a ton of experience but had a bad season there's no other way to put it last year in 22 and there are millions of reasons for it he was injured offensive line stunk wide receivers were young offensive coordinator stunk got fired and, and if you make those excuses for either player you can sort of squint and, and talk yourself into them as top 10 picks i think anthony richardson doesn't get out of the top four i think will levis has a chance to, to slip outside of the top 15 and you may say well that's that sounds weird because teams need quarterback to win and i think a cautionary tale go back 12 months 12 months ago, we were all trying to talk ourselves into Malik Willis and Matt Corral and, and Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell's first-round picks. All those guys didn't go till round three. Sam Howell lasted until round five in the first quarterback. Kenny Pickett didn't go till pick 20. This year is going to be a lot different and, and a little more exciting if you're looking for quarterbacks 
moving up and down the board, teams trading for these quarterbacks and that, and that those first 10 picks. Ryan Wilson's our guest. Anthony Richardson fascinates me. I've looked at his tape a lot, and his 50-yard throws are beautiful. His throws outside the pocket when he completes them are fantastic. And then just some of his misses where guys are wide open, especially coming across towards him as he's rolling out. He can miss a guy by you know, a yard or two, but that's something that a good coach can fix if you can park them. And that's the issue I have. I'm trying to make the comparison to Josh Allen in Buffalo coming out of Wyoming. Can you park him for a little bit? Because Jordan Love was parked behind Rodgers forever. forever. Whoever gets Richardson is going to want to play him because of his ability to run and be such an athlete out of the pocket early. I just don't know how long you can have him sit before financially you say, now we got to go. Now we got to let him play. And that's why I think he's going to go to Indianapolis at number four. They're going to sit him a little bit, and then it's all in for him. No, that's the way you have to think about it, too, because we've seen quarterback after quarterback uh, go to a situation that doesn't end up being a good fit because they force him into the field before he's ready. And fans have a lot to say about it. Uh, the, the general manager, the front office, the owner, they, they hear and feel the pressure when things aren't going well, and, and they want people in the seats, and they don't want to hear people yelling and screaming on talk radio, especially local talk radio. Sometimes their moves are in part decided by how the fan base is going to react, and that's probably unfair to the quarterback that's forced into the field. So I think that's why the Colts make a ton of sense. New coach and Shane Steichen, who had a ton of success with Jalen Hurts, and to Jalen Hurts' credit, he had a lot to do with that success, but you like the track record in terms of an athletic quarterback who came into the league, struggled with accuracy, and wasn't one of the first players taken. He didn't go to round two, and some people thought that was too early, and then we saw what happened in year two and three, and you have Gardner Minshew, you can roll with Gardner Minshew for eight or nine weeks and then maybe make the move and transition to Anthony Richardson. But even a better fit, perhaps, is the pick right now, currently after the Colts at four, and that's the CLC Hawks. They have two first-round picks. They don't need a quarterback because Geno had such a good year. They just signed him to a three-year deal. But that's a perfect scenario. You go into a run-heavy offense. You go into an organization with stability, a general manager, and head coach, so you're not worried about ownership. Uh, getting a trigger finger and, and pulling these, uh, firing these guys six, seven weeks into the season. And you can sit behind Geno for a year, maybe two years if you're patient. The clock is ticking on that contract you're talking about, uh, but you get the fifth-year option when you take these, these players in the first round. So you have three years after that to decide whether you want to roll forward with Anthony Richardson or not. But th- this is all the calculus that's going on in these draft meetings right now for teams that want quarterbacks and when they're jockeying uh, for position on the draft boards. But I'm taking Anthony Richardson – uh, on the upside, he's a great kid off the field. Will Levis is a great kid, too. But I think in terms of the, the, the measurables and what they provide, there are very few people on planet Earth who do the things that Anthony Richardson can do. Ryan Wilson is our guest, covers the NFL and NFL draft for CBS Sports and CBS Sports HQ. And then it comes to Jalen Carter and more of the mocks I look at. He's dropping at five to Seattle okay that's a guy that can completely blow up this entire draft because if you nail it with him he's the best to come out since Aaron Donald became one of the greatest defensive tackles of all time he's got that film and skill set coming out of college but what happened with the racing and the incident and all of that everybody's trying to get him in the building and sit him down and talk to him he's going on visits but only with top 10 teams and I lived in LA when Pete Carroll was there Pete Carroll is perfect to mentor him, he's mentored troubled players before and try to get this kid's life back on track there. And if you got him, he's the anchor of your defense, and he might be the best defensive player in the league in a couple of years. Yeah, and he, he's the best player in this draft class, just talking about on-field productivity when he's locked in. Uh, but the issue is you sort of touched on it. There's the off-field stuff. He showed up at his pro day nine pounds overweight and looked gas at the end of it. And some teams had questions about that. Certainly the 
whether he would only visit top 10 teams or not ruffles some feathers. But at the end of the day, if you're picking 15 or 16 or 17, and you're angry about him not visiting you, and he's there at 15, 16, and 17, guess what's going to happen? You're going to draft him. Um, but the question is this. Can he be motivated to do to play at Jalen Carter level, play in and play out into last season? It felt like at times he, he sort of disappeared, maybe took some plays off. But I go back to this, JT. I, I was watching 2021 Clemson, uh, excuse me, Kentucky, Georgia, just to get another look at, at Will Lavis and try to talk myself into him. And the guy that flashes is number 88, Jalen Carter. And that was a defense that had five guys on that defense going the first round last year. He is better than all of them when he is locked in. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they all feel stuff. You can say what you want about it. And certainly the, the people losing their life is a tragedy. But in terms of the football side of it, he's not getting out of the top ten. And he'll probably be top five. And if he goes to the right place and is properly motivated, he's to your point, he's going to be one of the best players on the defense side of the ball. Maybe not in two or three years. It could be very easily next year. Well, following Ryan Wilson at Ryan Wilson CBS as we wrap it up. Why am I hearing Tyree Wilson so much? The edge rusher out of Texas Tech seems like everybody loves him now, and he can go early in the top three or four here. I know Wilson is an impact player here. There's a couple other ones. Will Anderson for you or Tyree? Uh, Tyree Wilson looks like he is ascending up draft boards. Yeah, Tyree's special. He had a foot injury in November that limited him, and he wasn't able to participate in the Senior Bowl combine. I don't think he's worked out yet, and that foot injury is not a concern, but it's certainly on team's radar. If he's healthy, he's a game changer. He's six foot six, two seventy, thirty five inch arms, which is freakishly long arms, and he is a power rusher all day. And he also has twitch to him, so he can play outside. You can even move him inside if he gains a few pounds, and that's what's exciting about him. Will Anderson, you know exactly what you're getting. He doesn't have those measurables, but his focus is one thing: football. He's a great dude. It's gonna be great in the locker room. Great family played in his bowl game, gave it everything he had last year, even though he didn't need to play a snap. And it, it, he's an easy pick, and I say this all the time, and the much the same with it. Aiden Hutchinson was such an easy pick last year, or Chase Young coming out a few years ago, the Bosa brothers before that. You take that guy, you know what you're getting. You're getting nine sacks next year. Uh, you're getting some forced fumbles, and you're building off of that going into year two, three, or four, or five. So he's the first guy off the board for me defensively. And then the question becomes, what's your what flavor rice from you like better? Do you want Tyree Wilson? Put entry concerns, Jalen Carter, some off-field stuff, and, and then you can sort it out from there. Ryan, thank you very much. Great job. I'll see you on the HQ. Thanks for doing this. Thank you, JD. Appreciate you, Ryan. There he is, a good guy. That's the flavor. What do you like? What do you like here? What I like about what Ryan just told us is he does a deep d- d- uh, dive on their personalities, knowing about them. Good guy, good teammate. Everybody can do that, but then you have to spread it out and talk to their families, their friends, the student-athletes that knew him. You really got to understand how strong these guys are when it comes to their character. Very important part of this, and not many mock draft guys can do it the way Ryan was able to do it. Thanks to Ryan Wilson, CBS. Uh, Mike in Staten, Italy. Mikey, how are you, buddy? Good to hear from you today. What's happening? Hey, JT. Hey, there was a great, one of my favorite football movies of all time, Draft Day. And Kevin Costner asked his investigator to get the read on the, the number one quarterback. And he came back with, hey, the guy's perfect. He's an angel. He's been bred to be the top quarterback. But on his 21st birthday, none of his teammates went to the party. Why? Mm-hmm. But it just reminds me. That Carter is a great athlete, but he reminds me so much of Clowney. Clowney can't even find a team to play with. He has all the, all of the skills and everything going forward. But, JT, I called you to call about Rodgers. What a chicken, chicken and mouse game playing right now with the, with the Patriots and the Jets. 
Every day you're hearing both uh, sides of the PR going, now the Jets getting uh, all the, the top three quarterbacks into camp. Then, the, then the, the San Francisco 49ers now are interested in trading for Rodgers. It, mm. it, is, it is much watch TV and to see if Rodgers is coming. I think it's a done deal. The, the GM came out on a, uh, on, got interviewed last week that it's a done deal. It can't happen before June 1st. There's a $9 million salary cap mm-hmm. hit for Green Bay for the next two years if he's traded before June 1st. Yeah, I agree with you, Mikey. I always thought it was going to be a done deal. Thanks for the call. Always good to hear from you. Sharp gambler who comes to Vegas often, retired detective, friend of the show. Aaron Rodgers should be a Jet. They're just trying to figure out the compensation package there. Green Bay, Green Bay is playing a little bit of hardball because they have time in front of them. I, I always thought the deal would be done before the draft. It could be done after that. The Jets are going forward as if Aaron Rodgers will be their quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is going forward as he'll be the Jets' quarterback. I don't know what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. That one's even getting more juicy and going to get more complicated than what we're seeing here. But Aaron Rodgers looks to be a lock, and they should be able to get that deal done. But I like what Green Bay's doing. Green Bay's telling the Jets we're going to do it on our terms, not yours. We'll tell you when we're going to trade our player because we own the contract of the player. Once again, the owners who own the contracts are in charge, not the player. And the NBA's out of control. Every NBA player that has a contract thinks that he has the leverage to tell the owner, I'm out of here. And a lot of these owners say, okay, we don't want to hurt your feelings. We'll try to trade you. They do it with Durant. They did it with Harden. They did it with Kyrie. They do it with everybody, not in the NFL. The NFL will look at you and go, go sit your ass on the bench. We got a backup quarterback. He's ready to play. The cap hit, the the enormous cap hit to Green Bay, the amount of money the Jets have to take on is like the type of money you never see. It's like the type of money you never see in sports. We're talking about a $60 million a year quarterback. But you know what's crazy, everybody? In the next three to five years, every good quarterback's going to make $60 million a year to play in only 17 games if they stay healthy. So the market increases, the salaries go up, the owners are making more money. When we come back, Daniel Snyder is playing games again. I called this one a month ago. I'll prove I'm right coming up next. Jones gets it into Ingram and dribbles it out. Oklahoma City on target tonight, baby, in the Big Easy. And a victory that was anything but easy. It's the Thunder ending the Pelican season, 123-118. Now on to the target center for the Thunder for a chance to win a win against the Timberwolves Friday, get to the NBA playoffs. What a resilient, extraordinary performance by this young Thunder squad. Thanks for coming back, everybody, as we continue. JT here on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio, brought to you by Michael E. Minden, our diamond jeweler here in town. If you need a watch, you need a pendant, you need anything, you're going to make a big decision, you're getting engaged, maybe a family member is getting engaged, Michael E. Minden, our personal jeweler, been dealing with Michael for over a decade, fashion show mall on the second story, easy to park over there, go right up. The escalator, take the elevator, and you'll come out there, and you'll have personal service. Michael E. Minden, our personal jeweler here at Lotus Broadcasting, mine for a while. Highly recommend him if you're making a big decision when it comes to jewelry. I don't know how to make any of those decisions. I go to Michael. He walks me through a price plan. We're able to figure it out, and I've always been happy 
and my wife, my nieces, my mom, family members I bought jewelry from there still talk about it. So Michael E. Minden, appreciate his partnership right here on our show. The Zion Williamson story is massive, everybody, and I wanted to share this with you because last night he wasn't able to play, and he was able to play in a playoff game. He was not available to play. And then they put out some video, ESPN, and I put it out on my Twitter at JT the Brick. Uh, ESPN put out a video of Zion warming up. And that, during his warm-ups, Zion for the Pelicans was doing crossover dribbles, exploding to the rim and slamming down dunks and warm-ups in his own building. I mean, the guy's a freak. He truly is a freak. He's like Lawrence Taylor in his prime if he was playing basketball. I mean, watching him play is unbelievable. So this game was a very important game last night because it was an elimination game. And the Thunder ended up beating the Pelicans 123-118. to uh, The Pelicans needed Zion, and Zion was there on the bench in street clothes. And the cameras showed him from time to time throughout the game, and it was happening. I've been on this topic from the second it happened, from the second that Zion put out that soundbite that we played, and we've been playing that he said he's fine, but he's not Zion. I said to myself, oh, my God, this young man's going to get just destroyed. And I've been hitting him hard. I call them a fraud, and I'll back that up. But I started to take a step back here because you could see something wrong with him mentally, almost similar to what we saw with Ben Simmons as Ben Simmons went from, you know, Philadelphia to the Nets, and he had mental health issues and can't play and won't play, and he's healthy. So something's going on with Zion. I don't know what it is. I'm not a mental health professional. But in my business of sports radio over the last 15 to 20 years, we've all had to become experts on divorce, gossip, athletes' personal problems, guns, whatever it is with an athlete, we have to be able to debate that and talk about it here on the radio. And it didn't happen like that 20 or 30 years ago. So now we have Zion who went to Duke, is a great player. He's the franchise player. He already got his rookie contract extension. He's making enough money where he'll never have to play again. If he walked away now, his family for generations to come would have what we call generational wealth. But as they showed the camera on him last night, I got a really bad feeling that something worse could happen with this kid. Because he's delusional now. The optics of this was so bad for him to warm up in front of cameras and explode with tomahawk dunks where he said he was fine and his team needed him and then ended up losing the game to the Oklahoma City Thunder who have several players injured and Chet Holmgren out for the year and they played their ass off and won this game. And they were fantastic. And the Pelicans, I think, they were the favorite, right? So this is a gambling issue now. They were the favorite in this game, and not only did the Pelicans lose, they lost badly down the stretch in this game. And the issue becomes that Zion could have gave them 10 to 20 minutes. And it's a, really a topic that I struggle with here. And I want to make sure this isn't taken out of context because people like to take this show, take a paragraph and put it on some Twitter feed, and they don't put it in context. So let me go back to Darren Waller. And Darren Waller was not available to play in a lot of games for the Raiders. What were the optics? I like Darren a lot. I don't hang out with him personally, but Darren is around town. You could see Darren out there. He's nursing through a lower leg injury. You know, you look at a calf or a hamstring, just like Zion. And I'm not saying that Darren Waller needs to be in his home hiding from paparazzi or the media. Not at all. But he wasn't available to play, and people started questioning, wait a second, he should be available to play by now. Can he go? 
But he's a football player just like Zion's a basketball player. If you have a hamstring problem, the biggest problem with that is your ability to burst. Your ability to go from zero to maximum effort on you know, a, a twitch, the ability to move. So Darren wasn't available, and we came into that Rams game, which really was the end of the season for me. I've shared that with you a few times. When Hunter Renfro wasn't available to play, Darren Waller wasn't available to play, and some people were scratching their heads going, wait a second, why aren't they available to play? They've been out for a while. They have trainers and doctors, and we've seen other athletes with similar injuries come back earlier. And that's really the big issue when it comes to injuries. I, I stay away from athletes' money, and I stay away from their injuries because if they're cleared to play, they're supposed to play. But what about the athlete who isn't at 100%? As I mentioned Willis Reed the other day, and you can go to modern athletes, and I mentioned hockey yesterday as we're talking hockey today, big game for the Golden Knights. What happens if you're not anywhere near 100% but you can play? Well, that was Zion last night. He was close to 100%. He says he's fine. He didn't give it a go. Could Darren Waller have played at 80%? Maybe if it's a Super Bowl or it's a playoff game. And I always look at that when it comes to star athletes. Why wouldn't you play if it was a playoff game? It's an elimination game in the NFL and any sport, unless you're playing in a best-of-seven series such as baseball or the NBA. You used to see players not available to play. Paul George is a good example. He's not able to play for the Clippers, but he's taking shots now, and he's trying to get ready to play. Kevin Durant, a couple of weeks ago, had a freak accident. He was in a layup line warming up before the game. He lost his balance. He slipped. Something happened, and boom, he's out for another two and a half weeks. It's a real injury. But the point is, when do you come back from that injury? When do you come back and say, I'm not perfect, but I can give you something? And that's a real big topic for me. You know, for you, it might be a different topic or some other thing that gets you crazy or gets you really hyped up to call me or to talk about it. For me, I have the same issues. I have topics that I rank on a scale of one to 10 when I put the show together with Bobby every morning and I say, hey man, this is a big topic. The Zion topic's bigger than anything in the NFL today. And it was true. The morning shows, everybody debated Zion and the optics and how bad it looked. Right, more so than the draft that's two weeks out. Then it's Aaron Rodgers as a priority topic today because the Jet fans are starting to freak out. So I look at all these topics and I try to rank them. And then I get with Bobby half hour before the show. We try to grab you sound, the sound of that, someone a quote saying something so it could add to the show and add to my explanation of the topic. But this Zion Williams thing is on my Mount Rushmore of sports radio topics all time. It's the ability to play. Being available or not being available, it's a really big hot button around here with Josh McDaniels and before that, John Gruden. When it comes to the Raiders, if you're hurt, you won't hear a peep out of me. If you've been hurt for a while, we need to get an explanation about when you're going to come back because there's gambling, there's season tickets, fans have the right to know if they're paying for this product, why aren't you available to play? And then if you're close to coming back and you're available to play, you, the athlete, need to go in front of a microphone and tell us exactly why you aren't ready to play. That could be Darren Waller. It could be Zion Williamson. Zion decided to do that, and it was a media firestorm because he had the quote, I feel fine, but I'm not Zion, which meant to, what he meant to say is, I'm ready to play, but I can't play at my best, best ability. So the young man was so stupid in those comments, he should have just said, I'm not where I need to be, right? That would have been the answer. Zion, are you going to play tonight? 
I'm not there yet. I'm not where I need to be. And he decided by saying he's fine. That was immature. A guy who's not in front of the microphone much. And now he's the number one topic in sports today. And could it be a mental health issue? Yeah, it could be a mental health issue. Because when the camera was on him last night and he was sitting at the end of the bench, he looked depressed. He wasn't excited. He wasn't sitting there with both arms up in the air trying to lead his teammates on. I mentioned the same thing with Lamar Jackson when he didn't show up to Cincinnati for the playoff game this year. Why? He wasn't in a walking boot. He wasn't in a wheelchair. He wasn't incapacitated. All he had to do was fly with his teammates, go on the field, talk to the backup quarterback, talk to his coaches and say, I saw one thing. Let's talk about it at halftime. I think we can win the game. He was unavailable. And that's a hot button for me as I pivot back to the Raiders. Josh McDaniels, when he was with the Patriots and Dave Ziegler, seemed like all those guys were available, right? All those guys were available. If I asked you to go back in the hot tub time machine five, six, four, three years ago, end of the Brady reign, do you ever remember guys being hurt or not available for the Patriots? I'm sure there were. I don't have the list in the game log in front of me. But they were always ready to go. Rob Gronkowski banged up, walking with the limp, playing. Will he be ready? Yeah, Gronk was always ready to play. All of their players, whoever they were, ready to go. So when you take a look back at some of the players who are no longer here, and some of the players that they're going to draft, I really believe this availability topic is very important. And to sum it up again, if you're not available, no problem. We don't even need to know. But if you haven't been available for a while, and you're going to go in front of microphones, you better have your crap together and be able to explain why you're not ready for the Rams game, or you're not ready for the playoff game against the Thunder, or you're not ready coming back from an issue that we all believe, because we all know sports, and we all believe that you should be back from that injury or close to go. And then the big part of it is, do you have to be 100% to be a professional athlete? Hockey players are not 100%. They're warriors. They take pucks to the face. They have issues. They go back into the locker room, and they come right back. NBA players, if they go to the locker room, they're done for the night. Baseball players with pitchers, I've been telling you about, April, May, they'll go five and a third inning and come out of the game, hand the ball to the manager. Are you out of your mind? You're an elite pitcher. You can't pitch seven full innings with under 100 pitches? No, 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 no. We don't want to burn them out in April and May. Then pay them less in April and May. Give them 20% of their salary in April and May. You're giving guys like Scherzer and Verlander $40 million to play once a week And Verlander's a Hall of Fame legend, and so is Scherzer, who happens to be a Raider fan. He's had a lot of Raider games over the years. When you get paid, you don't have to be perfect. Final point, I have a new podcast up, uh, JT and Looney, wherever you download your podcast. And I ask you to please subscribe. We put a lot of work into these podcasts. It's on the side. It's free. All we ask you is to subscribe and download it if you like and share it if you think it's good. So I interviewed Mike Diamond last week right here in studio with Bobby. We did an hour on positivity. I have the book right here in front of me, A Dose of Positivity. And Mike Diamond is a fitness guru, a motivational speaker, an author, an interventionist. So he'll go and take take people and get them sober. You won't believe it, and I can't say it. You won't believe the A-list celebrity he's living with now in Hollywood to get him sober. So this is a guy who's really sharp. And I interviewed him for an hour. And the big takeaway for me from him was just get your day started. You're never going to be 100%. No one is, especially as you get older, right? You get into your 40s, 50s, 60s. You wake up, you know, a little bit sore if you got to work out and you feel as good. His whole pitch, part of the podcast was just get out of bed. 
As soon as your eyes open, you know, lay there, maybe be in meditation, maybe be in prayer in the morning, whatever you do, but quickly get out of bed. Because it's the soon as you get out of bed, the quick your blood will start pumping. You'll get going. You know, you can have something sharp to drink, something smart, get out, get exercise, get fresh air. And that really stayed with me. And I tied it into sports with him afterwards. I sent him a text and he called me back. And we talked about athletes not being perfect. And he said, that's why he loves boxing and MMA. He goes, all these boxers and MMA fighters go through camp, training camp, and they beat themselves up. They run up mountains. They get hit in sparring. They're not feeling good. They're trying to peak for a fight. And four or five days before the fight, they stop. No more sparring, no more contact. And they try to refresh their bodies and get ready. But when they go into the octagon in the ring, they're not at 100%. They just kick their ass for six eight to eight weeks in camp to get ready for a battle that can kill them. You can die in the octagon or in a boxing ring. And you never hear a complaint out of a boxer or an MMA fighter. They just do it. So Zion Williamson, what a shame. What a shame that he doesn't have a mentor. Where the hell is Coach K? Mike Krzyzewski, the kid played at Duke. Where's Coach K commenting on this? on why one of the great future superstars in American sports last night went out on the court in front of the ESPN cameras and showed off and spin moves and one-handed dunks and explosive plays, then went to the locker room, took a shower, came out and sat on the bench, and his team desperately needed him, and they lost. I don't recall ever seeing anything like that. I mean, ever. Ever. I've seen guys who should be playing in football games, should be playing, but they can't. But they didn't go out there and show off and show off in a 30-minute warm-up with one-handed catches and all that before a playoff game and tell their coach, I can't go. JT, as we continue on, uh, big shows rest of the week. Hey, Thursday night, I'll be at the Aviators game with a bunch of my crew, Las Vegas Ballpark, $2 beer night. It's a beautiful thing when you can bring a five, you know, get two cans of beer for $4, get, leave an extra tip, not, not a dollar. You can tip a little bit more and go back to your seat in the sunshine and look at the Red Rock Mountains. Aviators baseball tonight. We thank the Aviators as they listen to the show. And Jim Gemma coming on yesterday. Uh, more of the show coming up as we continue. Brought to you by Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. They got a lot happening at Virgin Hotels, the theater, the concerts. We're talking about it all the time on the flagship of the Silver and Black.